hope that uh, if you <clears throat> don't have a Bible with you this morning, that's okay. Uh, perhaps if, uh, if you can look on with someone who does, that would be a blessing. John chapter 1, <clears throat> John chapter number 1, and let's all stand together for the reading of God's Word. And uh, while we're standing, let me encourage you to, uh, uh, to pray for, I see Ms. Saldana here, do pray for her family and uh, the loss of uh, her, that be your brother-in-law who passed away. And uh, so do pray for that family. And I see others. Of course, uh, Ruth Smith is here. Her brother uh, went to heaven a few days ago. And, and others. Uh, it's a, it is a difficult time of year for those who have lost family, especially in the last year. And so uh, do uh, be mindful to encourage and pray for one another. John chapter 1. John chapter number 1. We'll begin in verse number 1. The Bible says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came into his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. I want to preach just for a few minutes this morning, will not be long at all, on the Christ of Christmas. The Christ of Christmas. And our Father, we thank you for your goodness. I pray that you'd help us in these next few moments. Uh, what we've heard <clears throat> through the singing, what we've heard through the kids' choir, what we've heard through the congregational hymns that have been sung, really uh, all uh, echo the theme of the day, and that is simply this. Uh, Christmas is all about Jesus. Uh, if there is no Jesus, there is no Christmas, and I pray that you'd help us to see it this morning, afresh and anew, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. Whenever and however you celebrate Christmas at your house <clears throat> with your family, I hope that there will be a pause to remember who Christmas is all about. If you'll notice, I did not say what Christmas is all about, although there is a what, but the what of Christmas is all dependent on the who of Christmas. Because if you don't get the right who of Christmas, then uh, the what doesn't make sense. It's all about the person of Jesus Christ. I'm not against the traditions. In fact, I think they're wonderful. I think it's a, it's a healthy thing to have traditions at your home and, and uh, <clears throat> at our house when it's time to, before we exchange gifts, uh, somebody will read the, uh, uh, the story of Christmas from Luke chapter 2. And, uh, and of course, it's, it's as um, uh, <clears throat> all the kids are arguing about who's going to read it. And so we'll try to figure out, we'll try to divide it up, let them read a little bit of it. And uh, but you never you never saw somebody so intent on reading the Bible as it is once it comes time for Christmas. Uh, but uh, that's a wonderful thing. I'm not against the decorations. I think they're lovely. In fact, uh, again, thank you to all who have uh, who helped out with the de decorations and the poinsettias and so forth. By the way, if you purchase one of these uh, this uh, this season, you're welcome to take one home with you. Uh, following the service this morning or this evening, either way. I'm all for that. I'm all for the things that make this time of year unique and special. Uh, thank God for family and friends that get together and festivities and, 
and the Christmas meals and, and uh, uh, one of our, uh, our uh, bus captains and bus routes are going to host a meal right after the service this morning for those who came on their bus. That's a wonderful thing. That's, that's tremendous. And uh, what, a, what a wonderful uh, gesture, wonderful time they'll have. But ultimately, if we fail to recognize Jesus for who He is, then we have failed in our observation of Christmas. If Jesus does not have His rightful place in all of it, then it's just, it's just a bunch of uh, festivities that, are some, that, that have no meaning. Because Jesus gives meaning to Christmas. Not only is Jesus the central character of Christmas, he's the, he, he's the central character of the Word of God. That book that you have in your lap this morning, <laughs> the central figure of that book, the central character of that book is about Jesus. You say, well, pastor, Jesus doesn't even, uh, the name Jesus doesn't even appear in the Old Testament, and that's true. <laughs> but all throughout the Old Testament, there was the prophecies concerning the Jesus who was to come, the Savior who was to come. Every sacrifice pointed to a sacrificial lamb that was to come. We'll talk about that in a few moments. Uh, every, every prophet foretold <clears throat> of, uh, of a Savior, a Messiah. From the very beginning of the Bible, Genesis chapter 3, as soon as man fell in the Garden of Eden, God said, I'm going to provide a way of escape. I'm going to provide someone to come and bruise, mortally wound the head of the serpent. <clears throat> and so from the very beginning of time, all through the scriptures, we see that Jesus indeed is the central character of the Word of God. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 4, we read these words, When Christ, who is our life, shall appear. Notice, Christ is not just part of our life if we're saved. He is our life. Notice Jesus isn't just a sideshow uh, of, uh, of our life. He's not just to be an addendum to what we do. He's not just to be someone that we recognize and pay homage to on Sunday and then forget about Him for the rest of the week. No, the Bible tells us in Colossians chapter 3, Christ is our life. Without Jesus, there is no life. Without Jesus, there's no purpose for living. If you try to live Jesus or live your life apart from Jesus, you're going to fail miserably. If you try to, uh, if you live your life here on this earth and you do not recognize Jesus for who He is, if you do not, do not receive Jesus for who He is, then you're not only going to fail in this life, <clears throat> but your eternity will be an abject failure because you'll spend it without God in a Christless uh, eternity in the lake of fire. And so Christ is the central theme of our life. You say, well, pastor, I'm saved. <clears throat> Guess what? Jesus is to be the centerpiece of your life. He's to be the centerpiece of your life. Jesus said, I'm come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Hey, if you want to have a good 2019, let me tell you where to start. Make Jesus the central focus of your life. If you want to be successful in 2019, why don't you start with somebody who's never known failure? God's never failed at anything. God's never sponsored a failure. Hey, you want to have a good 2019? Let me tell you something. Hey, be in church next Sunday and the Sunday after that and the Sunday after that and the Sunday after that and not just on Sunday. But don't make Jesus just a Sunday thing. Hey, make Jesus the central focus of your life. I promise you, you'll have a better year. On Wednesday, the day after Christmas, much of the caroling will stop. The songs that mention Christ the Savior is born will no longer ring out in public places, unfortunately. But He still should be the centerpiece of our lives. Long after the carols are over, 
long after there are the public displays of nativity scenes and, uh, and giving honor to the Christ child, hey, long after that is over, we ought to still, those of us especially who know Jesus as our Savior, believers, Christians, we ought to be ones who have Jesus as the centerpiece of our lives. Jesus is not to be honored for a season. He's to be honored for uh, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. This morning, I simply want to speak about the Christ of Christmas. The Christ of Christmas. And I hasten in John's Gospel, chapter 1, we see a, a biographical sketch and description of who Christmas is all about. First of all, I see this. Jesus is the Word. He's the Word. In John 1, in verse number 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You say, preacher, that's kind of a, that's kind of a strange title for Jesus. He's called uh, simply the Word. The Word. You say, what's significant about that? As the Bible is written, is the written Word, Jesus is the living Word. Hey, if you want to honor Jesus with your life, all you need to do is let this book be your guide. Let the Word of God, let the written Word of God <clears throat> guide you and you'll give honor to the living Word of God. You see, Jesus was the embodiment of God's wisdom, the embodiment of God's infinite uh, thought and knowledge and so forth. Jesus is the Word. You want to know God? you got to know the Word. you got to know the Word. I see next, Jesus simply is God. Jesus is God. You see, until you're willing to come to grips with the fact that that little baby born in a manger 2,000 years ago was not just a baby, but he was the God-man, then you can't have salvation. Neither is there salvation. Any other Bible says because Jesus is God. He, the Word, the Bible says in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning <clears throat> with God. Not, not a life form created by God. Jesus is God in the flesh. There are different uh, religions, cults, if you will, who will teach and try to tell you that Jesus was simply a higher life form created by God. No, sir. Jesus is God. He is God. God in the flesh. Emmanuel. God with us. Second John chapter 1 verse 7. Or there is no, uh, there, it's just verse 7, Second John. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. What is he saying? Anybody who tries to tell you that Jesus Christ was not God is, is a cult. The Bible uses the word antichrist. That's pretty strong language. False is a de deceiver. Anyone who tries to tell you that Jesus was just a good man, but not God, are lying. That's not what the Bible teaches. Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 9, the Bible says, For in Him, talking about Jesus, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Jesus said to His disciples, He said, If you've seen Me, you've seen the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Hey, because Jesus was the, he, he was the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He's God. Boy, don't miss that. Don't miss that. You can't get saved apart from understanding and receiving the fact that Jesus Christ is God. Number three, I see this from this passage. The Christ of Christmas. Jesus is the Word. Jesus is God. Then I want you to see this. Jesus is the Creator. If you need any more evidence of who Jesus is this morning, you see, that little baby in Bethlehem's manger, <clears throat> Mary didn't understand how it all worked, and she gave him birth. 
Joseph, he didn't understand how it all worked, but he was there to witness the whole thing. The wise men, they didn't understand how it all happened. The shepherds, they didn't understand how it all happened. We'll talk about them in the message tonight, Lord willing. The angels, they, they, uh, they heralded the birth of the Savior. <clears throat> but that little baby, 4,000 years or roughly before that night in Bethlehem's manger, it was the second person of the Godhead. It was Jesus, the Son of God, God the Son, if you will, who stepped out on nothing and created everything. Created everything. You say, preacher, you believe that? The Bible says all things were made by Him. John chapter 1 and verse number 3. We, we, we read it just a few moments ago. All things were made by Him. Who's the Him talking about? The Word. Who's the Word? Jesus. All things were made by Him. And He goes on, <clears throat> just in case uh, that didn't make sense to us. And without Him was not anything made that was made. That clarifies things a lot, doesn't it? Without Jesus, there was nothing made that was made. Evolution, uh, uh, hogwash, it was Jesus. Big Bang Theory, hogwash, it was Jesus. In him, look, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 16. For by him, talking about Jesus, were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. Hey, the, the, the record of the word of God is clear. Jesus is the word. Jesus is God. Jesus is the creator. Notice quickly, not only that, Jesus is God in the flesh. Jesus is God in the flesh. Look at verse 14. If you have your Bible open to John chapter 1, <clears throat> John chapter 1 and verse 14. And the Word, notice capital letter, uh, the capital of the, the word Word, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Notice what he said. The Word was made flesh. The Word was made flesh. <clears throat> you see, I know and I believe the concept of God's omnipresence. One of the attributes, one of the characteristics of God is He is omnipresent. That means He's everywhere. You'll never go where God is not. David said, if I ascend to the, to the highest mountain, the top, the peak of the highest mountain, Mount Everest, behold, thou art there. He said, if I, if I make my bed in hell, he said, if I, if I, if I go down to the depths of the earth, if I go to the Marianas Trench, the deepest known portion of the deepest sea, uh, the deepest ocean in the world, uh, David said, if I go there, behold, thou art there. I'm never going to escape the presence of God because God has an attribute called the fact that he is I'm not present. He's everywhere. And I understand that. And I, I believe that to be true because the Bible teaches that. But understand, the Bible also teaches that God has a definable presence on the throne in heaven. The Bible, Jesus is right now, the Bible says that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. And He ever liveth to make intercession for us. 2,000 years ago, the eternal presence of Almighty God came to earth and took on human flesh in Bethlehem's manger. That's Christmas. That's Christmas. His name is Jesus. God in the flesh. Not just a teacher, God 
in the flesh. Not just a philanthropist, God in the flesh. He wasn't just a good man, he was the God-man. Not just a man of good deeds and moral virtue, God in human form was Jesus. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. In verse 34 of the same chapter we're reading, the Bible says, And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. The Son of God. Yes, Jesus came from the womb of Mary, but that which was conceived in her womb was not of man. It was not of Joseph. It was not of anyone else. It was of the Holy Ghost of God. Because Jesus was God in the flesh. The agnostics may sneer at it. The skeptics laugh about it. But the Word of God is clear about it. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. You've got to know that this morning. You've got to understand that this morning. Hey, that's who Christmas is all about, the Christ of Christmas. It's more than just garland, and it's more than just trees, and it's more than just decorations. It's more than just presents. It's more than parties. It's more than family. It's more than friends and festivities. It's about Christ. It's about Jesus. And you've got to know Him this morning. And I want you to see this. Jesus not only is the Word and God in the flesh and the Creator, Jesus is the Lamb of God. He's the Lamb of God. Look at verse 29, John chapter 1 and verse 29. The next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. You see, this is what Christmas is all about. When John the Baptist that day put his hands to his mouth and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, there He is, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. When John said, Lamb of God, people of that day were all too familiar with what a lamb represented. Because from the Old Testament all the way up to the time of Jesus' arrival, the, the children of Israel, they knew that a lamb represented one thing, sacrifice. Sacrifice. It was very familiar to them. For many centuries, uh, that had been the case. A lamb was sacrificed on an altar to atone for someone's wrongdoings, for someone's sins, for someone's transgressions. Every, every time someone did something that was a violation of God's law, a sacrifice had to be made. Blood had to be shed to atone temporarily for that person's sins. No doubt there were some who or who, uh, who scratched their heads to what John was saying when he said, Behold, the Lamb of God would taketh away the sins of the world. I'm sure there are people saying, What did he say? What did he say? What they didn't understand was the purpose for Jesus' coming. What they did not understand was the fact that Jesus was not the conquering king that they were looking for as the Messiah. They were looking uh, for, for someone to set up a political kingdom, but what Jesus did was to come to break down the, the, the kingdom of darkness by, by bringing himself as the spotless, perfect Lamb of God who once and for all would go to Calvary and sacrifice himself for all of mankind. That's why we don't sacrifice anymore. Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. He was the perfect Lamb of God. There is no need for a sacrifice anymore. And may I say, one day Jesus will come back as that conquering King, and, will, and He will reign forever and ever as we sing in the Hallelujah Chorus. But 2,000 years ago, Jesus came not as a conquering King, but as the sinless, perfect, spotless Lamb of God. The lamb that was set apart to be sacrificed for the sins of the whole world. By the way, that sacrifice was for my sins. My sins. Every sin I've ever committed, 
from the time I was old enough to understand right from wrong all the way through the entire length of my life, however long the Lord decides to give me, Jesus paid for every single one of them. And by the way, He paid for your sins too. Everything you've ever done. I don't care if you could sit down and, and, uh, and look at the sins that you've committed and pick out the worst ones. Pick out the most heinous ones. Pick out the ones that are, that, that in your mind is, are, are, are the blackest sins or the, uh, the, the most horrifying sins or the most uh, egregious sins. And by the way, sin is sin in the, in the sight of God. God doesn't have pet sins. God doesn't have little, well, that's just kind of a gray area sin. No, no. <clears throat> All sin is dark in the sight of God. All sin is vile. All sin is wicked. All sin is uh, is deplorable in the sight of a holy God because God is sinless and He is holy and He is righteous and He is perfect and He can't even stand to look upon sin, the Bible says. But yet the Bible says that He who knew no sin, talking about the Lamb of God, Jesus, He who knew no sin became sin for us. For us. Oh, hallelujah. This morning Jesus is the Lamb of God. And then I want you to see finally this morning, Jesus is the Savior of the world. He's the Savior of the world. Look at verse number 10, John chapter 1. He was in the world, and the world was made by Him, and the world knew Him not. He came unto His own, and His own received Him not. But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. Now very, look, sit very still and listen very carefully. I'll be done in just a couple of minutes. Bear with me. Try as hard as you can, but you'll never save yourself. Listen carefully. Be as good a person as you can possibly become, but you'll never be good enough to get to heaven on your own merits. Do all the good deeds you will, but you'll not earn one second in heaven. Help all the people you can, but that won't pay for one sin you've ever committed. Why? Because Jesus is the Savior. He's the only Savior. He's the only Savior. There is no other Savior. There is no alternate way to heaven. There is no, there, there's no secondary road to get there. There is no alternate transportation to get you to glory. No, no. If you're going to go to heaven, you're going to have to go God's way or you don't go. It's really simple. Jesus is the Savior. That little baby, the living Word, the Creator of the world, God in the flesh, the Lamb of God that came to take the sins of the world. He is Savior. By the way, the name Jesus itself means Jehovah is salvation. That's what it means. His very name means Savior. The one who saves. Why? Because you can't save yourself. The reason why Jesus had to come, the reason why Jesus must needs be a Savior is because humanity cannot save itself. You can't take yourself to heaven. You say, I'll have you know, I'm an upstanding uh, 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 citizen in the community. Wonderful, but that won't take you to heaven. I'll have you know, I'm a very moral person. That's great, but that won't take you to heaven. I'll have you know, I'm a member of such and such church, whether it's this church or, or doesn't matter what the church is, that, that, that's fine and good, but that won't take you to heaven. I'll have you know, I was baptized as a baby. That won't take you to heaven. I'll have you know that, uh, uh, that uh, I, I do all kinds of philanthropic deeds for the community. That's wonderful, but it won't take you to heaven. Why? Because... Jesus is the Savior. As many as received Him, to then give you power to become the sons of God. 
Romans 3.25, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. For by grace are you saved through faith, Ephesians 2.8, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You cannot get yourself to heaven. As the songwriter said, I'm glad I know who Jesus is. I'm glad I know who Jesus is. He's not just the baby in the manger. It's not just about the, the, the peaceful scene of Mary looking at the Christ child, although that's a wonderful scene, but wait a minute, you have to fast forward that story 33 years. To see Mary at the foot of the cross as the mother of what once was the baby in a manger, and now he's the suffering Savior on a cross who's bleeding and he's dying, and there's, there's nails in his hands and in his feet, and a crown of thorns platted and, and beaten into his brow, and he's suffering and he's in agony, and on top of that, the physical agony, he's bearing the sins of the whole world. It's that Mary who, who, who cried there at the foot of the cross, and Jesus looking down said to John, John, behold your mother, woman, behold thy son. Hey, it's that you, you, can't, you can't see one without the other. Because as sure as that manger was the cradle of the Savior, that cross represented the purpose of that Savior. There, yes, there was a cradle, but there was also a cross. But thanks be to God, three days later there was an empty tomb. There was an empty tomb. Because up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph over his foes. Hey, I'm simply saying he's the Savior. He's the Savior. But may I say this morning as I close, it's not enough for Him just to be the Savior. If it means anything to you, you've got to receive Jesus as your Savior. Your Savior. You say, preacher, how do I do that? You've got to understand that you're a sinner. Condemned by your own sins. Yeah, well, I have a hard time grasping that. The Bible is very plain. Look, you're looking at a sinner this morning. You, pastor of the Lake Crest Baptist Church Center, yep, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. You've got to come to grips with the fact that you have sinned against a holy, sinless God, and that sin must be paid for. And the Bible says the payment for your sins is death in hell. Death in hell for eternity. That's a huge price tag, but that's the just that's the fair price tag for our sins. The good news is that little baby in a manger came, lived a sinless life, died on the cross, as we just talked about, was buried, and three days later rose again from the dead. And the Bible says, as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. If you'll come to Christ this morning, he promised he'd save you. If you would receive Jesus this morning, not just as the baby in the manger, but receive Him as your personal Savior, receive what He did for you in His death and His burial and His resurrection by faith, by faith if you'll trust Him. The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Somebody showed me that verse years ago, and I said, Wow, that's for me. <laughs> that's for me. Whosoever, that means anybody. That means these kids that were up here singing a while ago. Whosoever's. That means you sitting out there. Whosoever's. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let me ask you a question this morning. We're done. Have you received Jesus not just as the Creator, although that's wonderful? Have you received Him not just as the Son of God, although you've got to receive Him as the Son of God before you can be saved? Have you made Him your Savior? 
Have you received Him, that sacrificial Lamb of God that came to make the sacrifice that was necessary to pay for your sins and mine? Have you received that for yourself? I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. We're about done. We're just minutes away from dismissing, but I'd ask you just to sit real still for the next few moments and, and uh, <clears throat> no moving around unless it's absolutely necessary except for those who are assigned.